Welcome to the dark stream, Vox Day, voxday.blogspot.com, and unauthorized.tv. Good to see you all. Thanks for tuning in. And tonight, I think we actually have decent prospects for a smooth ride. Uh, this is not a test. We ran a test earlier today and actually didn't drop a single frame. And so it'll be interesting to see uh, if we have actually managed to solve that, uh, solve that problem at last. Here's hoping that we do. Uh, one note uh, about the Super Chats. While I do appreciate Super Chats, please don't do any of them until I give the green light. Uh, the reason is that YouTube has changed its uh, system of displaying comments and super chats a little bit and so I don't have a easy reference to them and if they scroll off because of the if they scroll off the comments then I can't go back and arrange to get them um, also we'll talk about if you've got questions about you know I mean while while I point out that uh, this I'm not here to provide tech support uh, we can address some of the issues related to the new release of unauthorized 2.0 uh, when we get to that point. But what I want to do first is focus on the topic. On these dark streams, I think that uh, there's been some legitimate criticism of the way that my answering questions, super chats, etc., not only tends to disrupt the flow, but also uh, distracts me and tends to put me off my topic, which ends up being uh, rather uh, disappointing to people who are actually interested in the topic. So, so what I, I want to do is focus on the topic for 15-20 minutes, and then we'll move on to uh, some of the ancillary and tangential and unrelated topics that, that people want to get to. So this is titled, Taking Control of the Narrative. And the context in which I'm bringing it up is actually related to what's happening right now with regards to Owen's legal battle with Patreon, with uh, the way that some SJWs on Reddit are reacting badly to the legend Chuck Dixon on Webtoons. And even when you see people getting into uh, petty religious disputes on Social Galactic. You know, we see exactly the same sort of behavior again and again and again and again and again and again and again. And if you pay attention to the media, you see it all the time. You cannot get away from it. And of course, it's related to the topic that we go back to time and time again, which is Aristotle's distinction between dialectic and rhetoric. And what 
the narrative is there for, it, you know, what, what the narrative is in this context, it's the prize. Uh, it's the goat in that, you know, it's, it's the goat corpse in that crazy Afghan uh, riding game. Uh, it's the ball. It's what you try to control and move up the field. And, and this is something that I think conservatives and people on the right in general tend to be incredibly, incredibly bad at. And, and that's in part due to the fact that they are more virtuous in general than the left. You know, they value truth. They value logic. And yet they can't understand how they lose battle after battle after battle when supposedly the facts are on their side. And, and it's, it's particularly confusing because you see people on the left constantly talking about, you know, science, you're a science denier. They're, they're constantly talking about how much they value fact and reason and so forth. But there's a fundamental difference between saying that you value something and actually doing so. And it's very, very important to begin to learn to distinguish between people who are predominantly focused on telling the truth and people who are predominantly focused on winning the point, whatever that might happen to be at any cost. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine once and he was dating this girl who was deeply problematic, uh, whose behavior was uh, not particularly good. And I said, you know, why do you put up with this? Why do you continue to endure this kind of behavior from this person? And, you know, this, this friend of mine is a, a very intelligent guy. Uh, a very sincere guy, very good guy. And he said, but you have to understand. She told me that she loves me. <laughs> I started laughing and I said, look, you need to understand sometimes people say things they don't mean. And I've seen so many people get in trouble with the media, with the law, with uh, people at their office and with their jobs because they take people at face value who cannot be taken at face value. Uh, the funny thing is the very people who insist that everything that came out of Bill Clinton's mouth was a lie, who wouldn't believe Hillary Clinton if she said that the sun was shining outside on a hundred degree day. They still accept at face value stuff that is coming out of the mouths of people they know to be liars.
And so it's, it's tremendously important to learn to put people in three categories when they are talking to you. First, are they predominantly truthful? Second, are they predominantly untruthful? And third, uh, you know, are they, you know, normal? Are they just an, an average person who, uh, you know, mostly is going along to get along, will mostly tell the truth, but if they're, you know, under pressure, or if they're in fear of consequences, then they'll, they'll tell uh, white lies and so forth. It's very important to understand which category those people belong to. Because only then can you even begin to contest the narrative with them. And Bearable Pain says most people think or believe that there's more than one version of the truth. Then they go into the untrustworthy category, the liar category. If somebody believes that there is more than one truth or that we all have our own truth, then you can't believe anything they say. Because the, the single most important thing in controlling the narrative is controlling the definitions. When you're dealing with uh, a company like Patreon, they, or more correctly, the, the lawyers that they employ, lie about everything. They attempt to redefine everything. You know, they attempt to redefine numbers. 30 days doesn't mean 30 days. Seven days doesn't mean seven days. You know, a deadline is not a deadline. You know, I mean, you see this over and over and over again. I mean, there's some of the stuff that is, is going on and some of the stuff that they are attempting to pull you can you can see you can see them literally changing the definitions of things in one form of terms of use to the next and it, it's just uh, it, it's really striking when you see it and then you don't know how to com combat that if you're not prepared for it you know, I am always waiting for the lie. You know, once I identified, once I've identified what sort of person, which of those three categories my interlocutor falls in, if, if they fall in that category two, then I am watching and waiting for the inevitable lie the inevitable attempt to redefine. And the way that you prevent them from controlling the narrative is the moment that that lie appears, the moment that that redefinition appears, the moment that that bait and switch appears, you hit it hard. And you demand that they define it. See, what they're going to do is they're going to attempt to, to take a step back and refrain from providing you with a clear definition. And 
you can see it every time. They do the same thing every time. They First they try to work in their modified definition, and if they're caught at it, then they try to back up and claim, well, no, no, we, we didn't, uh, you don't understand. I mean, it's complicated. We, we didn't, we didn't mean, we didn't mean to say that, that X is not Y. I mean, of course, X is X. It's just that in certain contexts, you know, X might be considered Y if you, you know, uh, study the right science and, and look at it from the right perspective. But the thing is, is that you've already identified that they're going to do that. And all you need to do in order to control the narrative is to keep pushing on that. And, and, and they will get frantic, frantic to try to uh, explain to you that the hit piece that they ran on someone, it wasn't a hit piece. It wasn't a hit piece. I was, I was just you know, trying to do a, a story. And you just keep hammering away. No. That was a hit piece. You keep hammering away at them and forcing them to admit what they're doing because once they are forced to admit what they're doing, they can't do it anymore. It doesn't work on you and they know it. That's why they're so desperate to hide it. And so you need to always be prepared to confront the lies, the redefinitions, the shadings of the truth, the inventions, and so forth. If you're not looking for it, they're going to slip it past you. And it's going to be very difficult to get back in control of the narrative once they have been allowed to redefine things and they've, they've, uh, they've allowed to, to hide um, the correct definitions. And so, you know, they, they hate dictionaries. You know, one of, one of my favorite techniques in successfully addressing people that are trying to, you know, trying to manipulate others is to simply demand that they define something. And then they say, they always try to turn around. Well, how do you define it? Well, I define it the way that the dictionary does. You read it to them, and of course they'll 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 you know thrash about and and retreat and so forth. But the thing is, is that literally everybody knows what they're doing. Literally everybody can see what they're doing, and it's important to point that out to them too. And so it doesn't matter what the topic is; it can be global warming. It can be uh, a, a discussion over whether it's legitimate to deplatform someone or not. It can be a discussion of the Federal Reserve or the Chinese, the, the trade deficit with China. It, it makes no difference because the tactics are always the same. Uh, Rob Quinn says, having emotional control is key. Well, it is because that, that's a whole nother level of rhetoric, which is, of course, is the emotional manipulation. But, but the important thing that you need to understand is that the, the truth doesn't matter to these people. Simply 
pointing out the truth is irrelevant to them. And that's why in some cases, the best thing that you can do is simply refuse to engage. You know, when we've, for example, when we've been dealing with, um, uh, when, when our lawyers are dealing with other lawyers, what we've learned is there's a certain type of lawyer that you simply cannot talk to because their whole purpose is to argue with you. It doesn't matter what you say, anything you say is fodder for dispute because they, what they want to do is they want to avoid the actual matter at hand. And so when you talk about, you know, it doesn't matter what the conflict is, it can be anything, jurisdiction, what, what the judge can do, what you're going to tell them, what they're going to tell you. I mean, the, the, the smallest, tiniest little rule, they will attempt to turn the entire debate and focus the entire debate on that because they don't want to be fighting on ground that they can actually lose. And so you're being fair with them uh, trying to, you know, I'll give you an example. One of the one of the main things, the, the way that lawyers actually work. A, a lot of people think that lawyers, you know, study the law and they both present the the correct law and so forth, and and the judge agrees with whoever is more correct. Total nonsense. It has nothing to do with the law whatsoever. What the way that the law actually works in the United States is that both lawyers present a narrative to the judge. And, and so what they'll try to do is they'll try to portray themselves as the more reasonable party. And, and they'll, they'll try to admit to some of the, some of the points that the other side says is true. And, 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 and they do this because they're saying they're, they're trying to present themselves as the provider of the more trustworthy narrative. And obviously, if you're just saying, the narrative is 100% my way and 0% their way, uh, well, that's not the reasonable position. So they're always trying to portray themselves as being more reasonable and admit there's a couple points here and so forth. And what, what's really kind of fascinating is how that doesn't work at all when you're dealing with a a liar because every little thing that you give them every little inch that you give them they'll take the mile and then they'll fabricate stuff on top of it and next thing you know you're looking at the system where there's no you've got no foundation for your argument anymore because the entire narrative has become something that is totally unrelated to the facts at hand. Tom Forsyth said Scalia wrote a book about this. He said that in order to win, you have to convince the judge that you are not only right, but that it is good you are right. That's precisely, that's, that's what the US legal system actually is. It's all about competing narratives and whoever can sell their narrative more effectively. But the advantage that we have 
is something that Aristotle pointed out 2,400 years ago, which is that the best and most powerful rhetoric is that which is closest to the truth. So the closer that what you're saying is to the truth, even though you're not speaking dialectic, you're aiming at the emotional manipulation of the other side. You're aiming at establishing and taking control of the narrative, right? But the closer that you are to the truth, the easier it is for you to do that effectively. But you still have to do it effectively. You can't talk in dialectic terms. You can't point out the math to people who don't understand math and don't care about it. And even worse is the, uh, the insane approach of conservatives, which is very common, uh, which is trying to argue by demonstrating that the other side is hypocritical. Well, here's the problem. We already know that. Even worse, they already know that. And they don't care. So the one thing that you should eliminate completely from your vocabulary is the words, well, that just proves. You know, when, when you hear conservatives complaining about the left, you will always hear them say, well, if they do this, then that just proves it's irrelevant. You know they're hypocrites. They know they're hypocrites. And so that's not, a, that's not winning rhetoric. And that's not how you establish the narrative. You know, and here's the thing. Once you have understood and clarified that the other side is dishonest, there's absolutely no need to take anything that they say seriously. None whatsoever. Three sevens asks, is rhetoric more dishonest than dialectic? No, because honesty doesn't, isn't, a, rhetoric does not concern honesty. Rhetoric is about emotional manipulation. That's why people who speak only rhetoric feel that they are being honest because they are honestly attempting to manipulate your emotions. The concept of honesty is fundamentally a dialectic concept. And so you need to think of dialectic and rhetoric as languages. I'll give you an example. Uh, Big Bear is awesome at rhetoric. Donald Trump is awesome at rhetoric. I am not particularly good at rhetoric. I am, you know, I speak it, I can use it effectively, but I'm much more comfortable in the dialectic world. But I've realized by my total inability to reach people with dialectic that, you know, I've walked people through entire chains of reasoning that they have agreed strongly with everything. And then they'll just say, well, yeah, but you know, I, I just can't accept that. You know, at the time I didn't understand that, but now I do because the person was not in an emotional state 
that permitted them to accept the truth of the dialectic. So for example, Big Bear and I were talking about free trade. And I have repeatedly and thoroughly demolished every argument that exists for free trade. There is not a single argument for free trade that holds water, period. And yet after spending 10 minutes explaining this stuff to people, more than half the people that I was explaining it to still didn't accept it. Now this was insane. There was they were literally hanging on to nothing. And Big Bear said, you know, your argument is correct and everything, but I would have just said, Ricardo, retardo. And everyone would have gone, yeah, Ricardo's a retardo and rejected free trade because free trade is retarded. That's the difference between dialectic and rhetoric. And rhetoric is much more powerful. There's a reason why people like Milo and people like Owen get banned you know, from places I've never even heard of. Whereas I'm mostly left alone. And I was, I was, I was talking about that with Milo once and he laughed and said, well, it's pretty easy <laughs> to figure out why they leave you alone. Nobody understands what the hell you're talking about most of the time anyhow. You know, I don't communicate to 80% of the population, maybe 90%. Whereas Big Bear and Milo are very, very effective at speaking to everyone because they speak in rhetoric. And, um, you know, and, and there are people who, who, I mean, Aristotle pointed out, there are people who can only change their minds through emotional manipulation or uh, emotions derived from experience. They're not capable of changing their thinking on the basis of information. And information is a set that includes reason, logic, etc., etc. You can make whatever case you want. You can make as flawless a logical case backed with empirical evidence that you can. And it will still fail to move the rhetorically limited. So you have to control the narrative on the basis of dialectic rhetoric and understanding who you're dealing who and what you're dealing with don't reason with the unreasonable don't grant uh, you know, don't play fair with the unfair don't uh, grant any ground to those who will take a mile for every inch you give them. And so, um, 
so the more that you follow and examine and analyze disputes between people, and you can do this in your social circle. Just watch two people discussing something like, you know, uh, where the group should go to dinner. And you can see how the, the narrative flag gets planted and contested. And so um, that's my advice for tonight. Learn what the narrative is, what the ground being contested is, and then make sure that you, at the very least, deny your opponent control of the narrative. So anyhow, let's talk. Uh, you can go ahead and fire up. Um, you can fire up super chats if you like. And uh, also, if you've got questions about unauthorized TV 2.0, uh, feel free to fire away. Uh, I've got actually some uh, a couple screenshots of the latest. If anybody's interested in seeing those. Um, Filter guy says someone should write an alt-right version of rules for radicals. I suggest you take a look at SJWs always lie and SJWs always double down. I think you'll actually find that it is a, a deeper and more effective book than rules for radicals. Uh, okay. Some folks are saying they want to see what's up. Um, ship of fools will get an audiobook eventually. Uh, fear is not a sin in my opinion. So here is the, um, here's the homepage and it shows all the channels that are now up there. Owens live streams, the legend on comics, Barcelona life, medieval history, Castelia auto audiobooks. Uh, welcome berserker bear. And, uh, Lewis Jones says, thank you for your guidance. You're welcome. Um, and so what we're doing now that I've got a decent <laughs> internet connection is we're getting caught up on the dark streams. Uh, we're helping, uh, David get his videos up. He's got a bit of an internet situation because of his exotic locales. And so, um, so we're working on that and I'm very pleased to be able to say that, uh, the new Barcelona life is up. Um, there's actually two videos that have been up in the, in the, uh, recent, in, in the last week. Uh, the new one today is, uh, they're both called, uh, Cochina Quarantina. And, uh, the new one is Farley's famous Kung Pao chicken, which I can personally, uh, recommend and per personally attest is a, is an excellent, uh, recipe. He actually shows you how to make it and everything. And, uh, and then there's the lockdown chicken, which is one of Elizabeth's specialties, which is also excellent. Um, I'm actually optimistic that they're going to be, um, that we're going to be able to at some point in time, release some sort of uh, Barcelona life cookbook, which will definitely have a wine section. And then, uh, we're also getting the, uh, audiobook samples up there. Now these are not, of course, the complete audiobooks. Uh, you can see, well, you can't really see it's probably too small on your screen, but, um, they're all somewhere between, uh, one and two and a half hours. Um, you can listen to them, uh, just as MP3s, uh, or you can leave them on as videos, but, and you can also download them. And so we've got the irrational atheist, 
We've got The Missionaries by Owen Stanley. We've got SJWs Always Lie, Jordanetics, An Equation of Almost Infinite Complexity, uh, A Throne of Bones, Corrosion, and Corporate Cancer. I think we've got something on the order of 14 hours of free audiobooks up there for subscribers. And uh, you can download them, listen to them as, as uh, podcasts, whatever you like. Um, and we've actually got nearly, uh, we've actually got over 200 hours up there now. So that's that's pretty good. Uh, Africaner Bear says, Hi Box, just want to know when the resub supporters will get invited to the new UA server. Uh, sorry if it's been asked before. No, that's fine. Um, we're going to tackle all the re-invites and new invites on Thursday. Not this Thursday, but the next Thursday. We've got some stuff that we need to work on. So, you know, this is actually technically the alpha test. And so, um, you know, we've got some things that need to uh, shake out. We've got some things that we need to address and deal with. Um, if it's possible, we might, what we might do, I know there've been a, a, a number of, actually a lot of new subscribers coming in in the last you know, two, three days. We might try to get a round of invites out um, at some point in time this weekend, but I can't guarantee that. I can guarantee that we'll be getting stuff out uh, following a week from Thursday. You know, um, one step at a time. You know, we, we can't be changing stuff, working on stuff, fixing stuff, and also be worrying about, you know, this person can't figure out how to log in. This person has a conflict with their browser. Uh, you know, we're going to sort those things out one at a time uh, when we're ready. Like right now, a lot of you who have invites and have the, the, pa the temporary password that was sent to you, uh, you know, they probably work fine, but there is a timing bug that results in a, uh, if you're on, if you're already in, it results in a 503 error. So a lot of you have probably seen that uh, from time to time. If you haven't logged in, we suspect that it, it just doesn't let you log in and it looks like you have the wrong password or something. Um, you know, once we get that bug fixed, then you don't even need a new invite or anything. We don't need to waste time trying to figure out what's wrong because if that's the problem, then boom, all those people who have been having that problem will be able to access. Um, so if, if you were going to, um, I don't know if I have the email here. Uh, Cod set up an email and okay. Yep. Here's the one. If you're having problems getting getting in, um, this is the email to send, and then we're going to we're going to put together a he's going to put together a spreadsheet so that we'll have a complete list of people who can't get in, people who are having specific issues, people who need invites, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and then we're going to hit them all at once. You know, I mean, keep in mind. When we've got nearly 10,000 subscribers, we don't have the time to deal with things one at a time, especially when probably if, if 250 people are having problems, they're probably having two, maybe three different problems. 
So, um, and yeah, also a lot of people are, yeah, <laughs> I mean, also a lot of the problems, frankly, and I'm not intending to point fingers here, but read the instructions. You know, the instructions are very clear. Go to a specific site on a browser, enter the email address at which you receive the invite, and then enter the password. If you do something different, if you use your bear name, if you try to use the Roku app, if you try to use the Android app, if you use your password from Social Galactic, all of those things will result in failure. And frankly, we're not that concerned about it because if you can't read the directions, we don't have time to you know, walk you, walk everybody like that through them. You know, we'll get around to it, but that's not our priority. Our priority is, you know, first of all, testing to make sure that we can, that, the, that we can withstand the weight of all the people who are now on there watching hundreds of hours of videos at the same time. And, um, yeah, BLR says, Gets, get an occasional 503 error on UATV. Yeah, I do too. Uh, normally goes away with a refresh. Yeah, sometimes it'll persist for, you know, one or two, um, one or two clicks, but, uh, you know, usually it just goes away in, on the first try to reload. Another thing that you can do, um, I, we think that the, the bug is related to a caching issue. And so uh, if you hit Shift F5, that almost always that, that that is a hard reload it basically flushes the cache and and loads everything up again and so that will also tend to take care of the problem uh, rebecca bear says user error 99 percent. it's not all user error i'm convinced that there are uh some issues potentially with chrome um people seem to have in particular uh a trouble with chrome um so there may be some issues there. There's certainly an issue with the caching. Um, and this 503 thing may be related to the problems that some people are having um, getting in. But you know, we're, we're going to address all these things. And, and I'm sorry that you know it's not flawless from the get-go. But honestly, it, it, this is technology. And, and it's if you, if you look, honestly, if you look at how uh, recently we've developed this, uh, it's remarkably stable and it's remarkably, uh, it's, it's working remarkably well. So, uh, Eric asks, if you don't read instructions, you might be a gamma. Uh, no, I think, I think anybody can, uh, refrain from reading instructions. What the gamma does is, uh, he gets insulted and offended when you point out that his problem is the result of his not reading the instructions. You know, I'm terrible about uh, reading manuals and that sort of thing because I kind of like to figure out things on my own. But I never get upset when, <laughs> when something doesn't work if I haven't read the manual. You know, first I try to get it going 
And then if I can't get it going, then I read the manual. And, you know, many times it's like, oh, okay, well, that's what I should have done. Hmm, interesting. Um, Vox, with all these journalists losing their jobs, you could probably afford to hire to write so hire someone to write better instructions for this stuff. <laughs> um, the instructions, in my opinion, could not have been more perfectly clear. You know, I mean, if you don't understand, you know, the username is the email to which this invitation was sent. If you somehow read that and say, well, I think I'll use my bear name. <laughs> what, what could we possibly do differently? You know, I mean, sometimes people are just going to do what they want to do. They're going to, you know, they're going to try what they want to try and use things how they want to use things. You, you can't argue with it. You know, you just have to sort of, roll with it. Uh, Drop Bear says, hey Vox, I love the new site. Would it be possible to add a feature to watch the video at faster speeds down the track? Yeah, definitely. We will have speed controls probably, I would probably before the middle of June. Um, quite possibly sooner than that, but you know, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not an issue. It'll, it, it'll be an easy one to add. Um, uh-oh, soon time for a new browser. The scope creep is astounding in that you tend <laughs> Yeah, scope creep just is ridiculous. I don't do not understand why browsers and other companies doing things like that don't maintain a you know core mode. You know, just a, a basic mode, a stripped down mode, something that doesn't do all the extra bells and whistles, but just works. You know, one of the things that I was proudest of with regards to the war mouse was the software for it. The software for it was awesome because it was super simple in basic mode, worked almost exactly like the Apple mice, but you hit one button and boom, this whole world of, of power and control opens up to you. you know, that's the way that things should work. Um, Let's see. When I try to load a dark stream video at UA, error message, no video with supported format and mime type found. If I reload, the video loads okay. Yeah, so um, that's just, that's most likely a browser issue. I mean, we're not, we're not doing any fancy formatting with the videos. I mean, they're, they're just straight up yeah, MKVs in an MP4 can, container. Uh, H.264, uh, plain vanilla, um, you know, there, there's nothing fancy there. They, they should work every time with any basic browser. David Trainer says, I had to reread the email. I jumped the gun. <laughs> it's, it's fine. I don't, I don't mind that people do that sort of thing. That's what I do. But here's the point. If it doesn't work, always go back and, and read the instructions. You know, um, and Andrea says, uh, I received invites to unauthorized and social galactic. I'm not very tech talented, but the instructions were clear and easy to follow. Thanks Fox. Good. I'm glad. 
you know, it's, I mean, I worked in tech support, so I'm, I'm used to having to walk people through things and, and spelling things out like that. And uh, it's kind of funny because it, usually the, the, the less intelligent people do fine. It's almost always the people who uh, are kind of in that midwit range that think that they uh, that, that assume that words can't possibly mean what they mean and start assigning their own meanings to it that get themselves in trouble. Um, the 50 States says, Hey Vox, I've read your books. They're great and have seen you on Infowars in the past. Will you do, be doing another interview with Alex Jones in the near future? Thanks. No, uh, I don't do interviews anymore. Uh, nothing against Alex. I like Alex. I enjoyed uh, appearing on Infowars with Alex, but what I've learned is that even friendly interviews just end up leading to trouble and drama and problems and so forth. I mean, my interviews with Alex didn't, but uh, you know, practically every time people have told me, "Oh, you need to, you should talk to so and so, or you should do this," it just turns out to be a complete waste of time and a distraction. And so um, I no longer do interviews and the only people with whom that, that I intend to appear on, you know, their stream or their channel or whatever you call it, are un uh, other unauthorized folks, um, you know, or, uh, or, or Castellia authors. If they're not Castellia people, if they're not unauthorized people, I have no intention of, of you know, spending time on it. Um, I'm just too busy and frankly, I'm not that interested, you know, uh, I'm old enough that I, I don't need to make new friends, you know, uh, will you provide instructions for an IQ of 71? Um, I think the instructions are perfectly clear, even to a, an IQ of 71, go here, use this username, use this password. It's not that difficult. Uh, is your computer turned on? Um, yeah, that's, a, that's always a good question. I, I mean, I've told you guys the story before of when I was working in tech support and this jackass professor of computer science was just going on and on and on and on and on. And I was going through every possible permutation trying to sort out what the problem could be and finally yeah i, I knew he was going to be unhappy when i finally asked him i said uh is your second monitor plugged in and of course he ranted and raved about how of course of course it was and how dare i and all this sort of thing and then i said look could you just go check and then all, all of a sudden i heard him swear and then hang up the phone I just sat and laughed. Chris McCullough says, the people who try to redefine words to suit their arguments are the same people who keep changing website layouts for the worse. I think that's a reach, but you might be right. Dan says, so when does Milo come over to UA? Uh, Milo's on Uncensored. Uh, they're doing well. You know, they're, they're a little bit more mainstream focused. Uh, yeah, I, I, was, I was talking to... Um, one of the guys there and, and you know the, the difference between 
unauthorized and uncensored is if you're on uncensored, um, you're either on Twitter or you want to be. And if you're on unauthorized, you've either been kicked off Twitter uh, or you don't want to be, or you just don't want to be on there. So, um, Vox, when can I invest in UATV? Uh, never. Um, are you a believer in no vaccines or just some? I believe that vaccines exist. <laughs> no, UATV is not publicly traded. Uh, I am very well, thank you. Uh, I'm actually in quite a good mood because uh, this new internet connection has, if you've noticed, we've been on for 48 minutes, nearly 50 minutes, and not a single drop frame. So that's, that's pretty cool. And the best part is what was taking me 12 hours to upload now takes me uh, about three minutes. And so this video will be up on unauthorized and uh, with our new content admin, which is just like lightning. Uh, you know, the, the only thing that'll take any time at all is, is making a, a quick cover for it. Um, <laughs> Chili Bear says, congrats on solving the internet issue. I didn't do anything. I just, I just called my, my guy and uh, explained the issue. And he said, actually, we might have a solution. And boom, now it works. Um, so would you take the COVID vaccine if mandatory? No, I would not take it if mandatory. And I would not take a period. I mean, it's kind of crazy to me the way that the media is all excited about these non-existent vaccines and and how we should force everyone to take, to take these vaccines and then they're they're warning about the untested drugs that have been around for decades i mean you know drugs like hydrochloroxidine or whatever it's called i mean they're about as safe as it gets you know yes they've got some side effects but they're all known. It's very well known. You know, it's a malaria drug. You know, I mean, there have probably been hundreds of millions of doses of that drug administered safely and effectively. Whereas nobody has ever, ever used the, these vaccines that they want to force everyone to take. It's crazy. Uh, Higgs asks, have you picked a color for Awake in the Nightland for library yet? Yes. Uh, the library version of Awake in the Nightland is going to be black, and it's going to be a little bit different because it's going to have silver foil. So it's going to be silver on black. And the Libraria version is going to be gold on midnight blue. Hydrochloroquine. Okay. Um, I accidentally stumbled into a gamma. Yeah, it's funny. Um, anyhow, well, that's all we've got for tonight. But um, you know, I would encourage you to uh, subscribe to Unauthorized if you haven't yet. It's going to be growing rapidly now. We're going to be. In fact, I have a meeting tomorrow with the guy who did the apps for the previous site. Uh, we are working on, we're going to be talking about whether we can modify those apps just to, to like do it. What, ideally what we would do is we would do an update to the apps 
and then it would point to the new site. That would be easiest for everybody. Uh, I don't know whether that'll be possible. That's what I'm going to find out. Um, Mountain Bear does have a new channel on Unauthorized. I, you can uh, you can see right, let's see, Unbearables, right there. Uh, that's where Mountain Bear's stuff goes up. And then also we've got the Owen Benjamin shows and uh, I'll leave it to Big Bear to make the announcement, but uh, I think people are going to be pretty excited about some of the stuff that he's going to be uh, talking about soon. Um, Prof T says, thank you. I was unauthorized, but my credit card expired and will resign. Well, welcome back. Come on back. Um, Higgs says, thanks. Thank you, Higgs. Um, Berserker Bear says, the new UATV is real nice, tight, clean, big fan. Yeah, the, the whole objective in the design of it, and we'll, we'll do a dark stream related to that, or do a dev stream related to it at some point once we get a little bit further along. But the whole point, the whole goal was keep it simple, keep it clean, make it look like the original one, and you know, just don't break what isn't broken. And I think one of the best compliments that we were paid was that one of the creators looked at it and, and said, well, I don't see what the big deal is. This, this looks exactly like the, the previous one. And I said, well, yeah, it does look exactly like the previous one, but everything is different. Everything is completely different and everything is ours. And so, um, you know, that, that's what we've been working towards this whole time. We would have, you know, we, we would have gotten there sooner if it hadn't been for, you know, various obstacles that got thrown up. But like I said, you know, we are going to get there. We are there, at least mostly. We, we still need to get the apps going and stuff. But, um, and, and what I really appreciate, and, and Big Bear and I were talking about this the other day, what, I, what we really appreciate is the way that 96% or so of the subscribers hung with us the whole time. You know, there were some people who were like, oh, I don't know what's going on. I, I don't see anything happening. Things have gotten a little bit tame and so forth. And it's, um, it, it's really encouraging to all of us at Unauthorized to see how strong and how consistent the support is. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, just talking about like the subscriptions and the financial support. I'm talking about the, the emotional side of it. You know, the fact that we know that people have faith in us to deliver what we say we're going to deliver. So anyhow, thanks so much. Also, uh, one last thing, uh, somebody mentioned this and I'll, I'll throw it out there. Um, Sir Hamster, if you can throw up the link to the latest Chuck Dixon Avalon webtoon, latest Chuck Dixon is Avalon at uh, webtoons, uh, SJWs are attacking him there and they've been trying to brigade it. Uh, the Dread Elk, of course, have shown up and are doing their thing, but uh, it would be good to, it would be good to see, um, you know, more people getting involved in this. Again, culture war isn't about what you like. Look, look at my books. I'm not a comics guy. 
I'm a literary snob, but it's a front. And so, you know, I would love to see more people just taking a small amount of time every day to do things like uh, drop a review here, upvote a, a comic there, uh, subscribe to the Arcade and Comics on Webtoons and that sort of thing. You might even find that you enjoy it. Because here's the thing, the SJWs find the time to do this kind of crap. And one of the reasons that they've been winning is because too many people on our side don't do anything. We have Infogalactic. If 1% of the conservatives who cry about Wikipedia would simply go on to Infogalactic once a week and edit one page, we would already be blowing Wikipedia out of the water. So take the time once or twice a day to do something that doesn't cost anything and only, you know, it takes a click. Because we have the numbers. We have the power. But if we don't use it, we might as well not have it. So on that note, uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll look forward to seeing you at the next time. Uh, I'm going to get this up on the new unauthorized right away. And I'm Vox Day. This is the Darkstream. Thank you.